Good morning, Gateway. I trust you're all doing well today. Pastor Paul's not here. Pastor Joel's not here. Pastor Nathan's not here. God is here. That's good. God is here. Apparently there's a quota for bald men and goatees per month, so we're going to keep in line. We won't miss a beat. We'll be okay. I want to talk to you this morning about forgiveness. Taking a break from Joshua, Pastor Paul's running through that, or Joseph, I'm sorry. Pastor Paul's running through that series and just thought, all right, let's just, while he's out of town, let's speak about something different. So I'm going to talk to you today about forgiveness. We live in a fallen world, do we not? You know how I know that? The existence of cats. <laughs> if the world was perfect, they just would not be here, right? Just preaching truth today, that's all. But we live in a fallen world, so forgiveness is something that we all have some experience with, right? We've either stood in need of forgiveness, or we've stood in a place where we need to give forgiveness to someone else. So this subject should hit just about everybody. Forgiveness. We live in a pretty vindictive society, don't we? It's hard to turn on the TV and not see an ad by a lawyer or law firm that says, hey, you've probably been wronged by somebody. I'm sure if you've taken this, you have issues, you should probably come, and come into our office so we can have a chat. Did you know that three out of every four attorneys in the world live here in America? Now, I'm not saying that there are not legitimate cases, but that statistic is pretty staggering, isn't it? This is the society we live in. And the thing is, I just don't think that the church is devoid of that same issue. God calls us to be different than the world, but I think sometimes we're not so different. And I think forgiveness is one of those subjects where we, we kind of fall short sometimes, at least I do. So maybe you're here today and you're not holding or harboring bitterness. Maybe you don't have a grudge against anybody. And I'll just assume that maybe that's most of you or all of you. But I need to hear this message. I need to hear it. So I'm going to preach on it today. The message of forgiveness. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 18. So if you have your Bibles or your phones or your pads, whatever you use, you can get there. We'll get there eventually, but that's where we're going to be today. Let me pray. Lord, it's a tough subject it's personal to me because I know I'm not great at it. I need your help. I would just ask that you lower your spirit on this congregation today. Soften hearts for the message. Lord, it be your words, not mine. And that in working through this message that it changed me. That we be a changed people. More reflective of you. And I just pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so if we're going to talk about forgiveness, I thought it would be good to define forgiveness. So I've got a definition of it. It'll put up on the screen. 
Here's the definition of forgiveness. The intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense. Let's go of negative emotions such as vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. A lack of forgiveness is an easy thing to hide, isn't it? I mean, we can take that bitterness and anger and hatred and hide it so deep in our heart, can't we? And no one else knows about it. Not even the one that we're angry or bitter towards. They may not even know. But we know. We know. And it affects us, doesn't it? It consumes us at times. When you're thinking about that wrong and how that person hurt you and what they've done to you, it camps out like right here, doesn't it? It's constantly in front of you. It's constantly in your mind. And here's the problem with that. When that's all you see, the bitterness and the anger and what they've done to you and how you want to make them pay, when it's all you see, you can't see anything else. You can't see anything good. And you really have a hard time seeing God. If you are in one of the small groups, doing uh, the Joseph small groups, who's in here doing the small groups? There's four people doing small group. That's great. (laughs) You're probably just tired and don't want to raise your hands. I know there's more of you in here. This is an awesome book. And we're going through it in these small groups. But the author has a a, a really cool quote in there, I thought at least. He says in chapter 6, Bitterness is its own prison. Bitterness is its own prison. And if you've ever wrestled with bitterness, you know how true that statement is. It shackles you to it, doesn't it? You can't let go of it. You can't do anything else because every time you try and do something that's in your mind, you're thinking of it. How am I going to get back at this person? How come they get away with it? It's not right. I've been hurt. My wounds are deep. They need to pay. And that's all we think about. We're captive to it when we allow bitterness to take root. So why is forgiveness so difficult then? If bitterness is its own prison, why is it so difficult to forgive? It's because wounds hurt. Some of your wounds are extremely deep. I know that. Anybody ever had a paper cut on their hand? That wound's not deep at all, is it? How often do you think about it? Every time you move? Always on your mind? Think about the deep wounds constantly in front of your eyes keeping you from seeing anything good, keeping you from seeing the Lord. There was a recent story that came out about a young boy, or was at the time, Jacob Wetterling. This 11-year-old boy from St. Francis was abducted 
27 years ago. 27 years, his parents wondering what happened to our child. And just recently, the man admitted it, what he had done to this little boy. And they sat there in this room hearing him recount what happened, what took place. And then picturing their little child looking up at this man, asking him, what did I do wrong? And to know all the details that came out about what had transpired, and those parents sitting in that room, you imagine how they felt? Can you imagine how they feel? You think it would be hard to forgive somebody that did that to your child? In my quiet time, you know, it's one thing to stand up here and say, look, we are called to forgive people regardless of the offense. It's a whole other thing to be at home in your quiet time or on the commute to work when I talk to God and say, I just don't know that I'd be able to do that. I don't know that I'd be able to forgive that person that did that to my child. We need to. That's truth. That's, that's scripture. We are to be people of forgiveness. I just don't know how I would do it. Because I'd want to repay that and then some. That's my human side. That's just how I'm built. You hurt this little child. I want to hurt you just like that and then some. I want to repay that evil with evil plus one. Because I don't want to just get even. I just want to know that I got the better of you. That's why the Lord says, vengeance is mine. You don't know how to handle it. You don't repay the right way. You always want to repay and up the game. So God says, vengeance is mine. I need to trust that he knows better than me. Forgiveness is extremely difficult, but here's, here's what I want you to hear. It's not optional. Forgiveness is mandatory if you are a believer in Christ. It's mandatory. And that's why we, kinda, we, we, we continually need to be reminded of it, don't we? That's why Paul in Ephesians 4 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Paul didn't say, try, to, try your best to be kind. Try, try your best to be loving and do what you can about forgiving other people. No, he said, be working in your life. This is who we need to be. Be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted. Be forgiving as God in Christ forgave you. Well, let's see what else Scripture says about forgiveness because it's not important what I say, but it's very important what Jesus says. So let's go to Matthew 18, 21. Matthew 18, 21, we'll start there. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? 
And right now, Peter's really trying to look, look good. Because back then in Jewish law, the, the, the deal was you forgive somebody three times. So Peter's going, I know what I'll do. I'll double it and add one and, and look more righteous than I am. Anybody here ever relate to, like, disciples? Like, I'm Peter. Whew, I am Peter. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy, seven times, or seven times seventy. This is supposed to represent an infinite number. Like, I know some of you are going, okay, so that's 490. So at 491, that's it. And you probably got a tally sheet. You probably don't. What he's saying is, for every time the offense comes, you forgive it. Every time. Every time. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, I did a little research on this, 10,000 talents. A talent, based on weight and other criteria, back then, in today's standard, like, like today's monetary value, $1.25 million. One talent, $1.25 million. Now, maybe that's off by two five. That's a lot of money. 10,000 talents, $12,500,000,000. Who in here has $12,000,000,000? I don't know what this guy did to owe that much money. There is no way he is repaying that debt. And that's the point. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, no payments to be made, or in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a denarii is a much smaller wage than a talent. Think about a day's salary versus the national debt. It's a big difference. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his felon servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. Sound familiar? He refused and went out and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw that it had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said, You wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, this is the scary part. So also, my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is a story about me. I'm the servant, so there's no confusion. And maybe it's a story about you too. We've all been forgiven an astronomical debt. 
you have no chance of paying it back. None. Who has $12 billion? I don't. We've got no chance of paying it back, but he wiped it clean. God has forgiven everything you owed. And what do we do with that? We turn around, say, thank you, Lord, and we leave the church building, and we go out, and they find that person that owes us something, that hurt us, that did something horrible to us, and we refuse to give them the same grace and mercy that God gave us. I'm probably just speaking to myself here. I don't care whether it's a coworker, someone here at church, a neighbor, a parent, a sibling, a child. We're to forgive everyone, every offense. Everyone, every offense. God calls us to be forgiving people. And that's how we're supposed to stand in the world. We're supposed to stand out. Be people of forgiveness. Reflect the image of God who has forgiven so much in my life, has forgiven so much in your life. Set apart from the vindictive society we live in so that when they see that, and they see how you respond to people that do wrong to you, that they go, I need to know this God of yours. I need to know this God. How are you like this? How can you be so forgiving? And it's taught as a reminder all throughout Scripture, Isaiah 1.18, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Completely blotted out. All our sin, all our transgression paid for the debt wiped clean by your Father, my Father. And that's what it should look like with people who have wronged us. Completely blotted out, quick to forgive. Isaiah 43, 25, even I, I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. This is what we're called to. Be like be like the Lord. Forgive people of what they've done to us. The Bible doesn't give caveats. We're to forgive every wrong and every one. In the New Testament, Jesus carries the same theme and repeats it all throughout ministry. Mark eleven twenty five. Whenever you stand praying, forgive. That doesn't mean if you're sitting praying, you don't have to. When you're praying... Forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father, who also in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Right after the Lord's Prayer, you guys remember that, right? Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Let us help us to forgive those who trespass against us, right? Right after that, in Matthew 6:14 he says for if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you 
But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. These verses will keep you up at night. (laughs) Some of us do well with the first part of forgiveness. We just kind of forget about the second part. Forgiveness is two parts. First part, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to hold on to bitterness. I'm not going to hold on to anger. I'm just going to let it go. Yes, you've offended me. So what? I'm going to let it go. But the second part of it says, it's not enough just to let it go. It says, we have to exchange those vengeful thoughts, our anger. We have to exchange that for thoughts of good towards the ones who offended us. So we have to want good in their life. When we pray, we need to pray that they are doing well. We need to care about them. When they grieve, we have got to be there grieving with the ones who hurt us. That's what we're called to. That's forgiveness. It's not just the absence of unforgiveness. We have to replace those bad thoughts with thoughts of grace, mercy, love. That's hard to do. My son, a while ago, said, Dad, I want to get a tattoo when I get older. Yeah, all right. Your body. Tattoos are cool. He said, yeah, I just don't want the needles. So I'd like the, I'd like the tattoo without the needle part. I'm like, you can't do that, man. Justin, can you do that? No. There's no such thing. Needles are going into your body if you want a tattoo. The same thing with Christians. If we are desiring to be like God, if we want to be and walk in that path where Christ walks, if we've put our faith and belief in Him, we have no choice but to be people who are forgivers. Tattoos have needles. Christians need to be people who are forgivers. And that doesn't mean that we forget. It doesn't mean we necessarily just forget about the wrong that they did. We're also people of justice, right? It doesn't mean you have to necessarily forget about the wrongs. And it certainly doesn't mean that you just keep positioning yourself in the same place to be hurt all the time. God wants us to be wise about that. Be wise about it. But we need to show grace and mercy and love to those who despise us, hurt us, say evil, nasty things about us. Because what happens if we don't forgive? If we don't forgive, as we just read, God is not going to forgive us. But it leads to bitterness anger, frustration, all the bad stuff when you don't forgive. It'll affect you emotionally, physically, spiritually. You become a shell of who you once were. Unforgiveness, and I'm not sure if that's a word. Is there any English majors in here? Okay, then it's a word. So you don't know. 
Bitterness is a toxic sludge that once it takes root, it's difficult to extract. This is even something doctors agree with. Right here in our own state, the great Mayo Clinic did a study. This is what the study said. Forgiveness leads to healthier relationships, greater spiritual and psychological well-being, less anxiety, less stress, less hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, stronger immune system, and improved heart health. So even if you were not a Christian, why not forgive somebody? If it leads to all those good things, why not? Also means that God knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? He does. I read someone had a quote, and I'm not sure where it came from, so I can't give credit, but it's not mine. It said, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. I thought that was really good. So how then are we to forgive properly? How, do, how, how are we supposed to do that? We need to remember, first of all, that whoever offended me, whoever offended you, has offended God infinitely more. God is holy. He is holy, righteous, pure, good. The tiniest offense is an atrocity to him. The smallest word, the littlest white lie, you name it, it is an atrocity to a holy God. And if God can forgive that, does anyone in here remember the cross? Who in here knows about the cross of Jesus Christ? How about the the time leading up to it? As he was beaten, had his beard pulled out, had a crown of thorns wedged into his skull, spit on, gambling for his clothes. When it was all done, they shoved a spear in his side. He was innocent. There was no guilt in Jesus. Nailed to a cross through his hands and feet. And as he's up there, as these people who committed these acts were standing at the bottom of the cross cheering that he's up there. In the midst of that, our innocent Savior said in Luke 23, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do in the midst of what he was going through, he forgave just like that. Whew. That's crazy. And if Jesus can forgive that offense, should we not be able to forgive those who have done a small offense to us? And I'm not minimizing stuff you're going, I don't know what you've been through. I know some things you've gone through maybe have have wrecked your life. Someone may have hurt you and has just destroyed you. I don't know what that is, but I do know this. It's not as bad as what Christ went through. And if he forgave his offenders, 
we don't like to hear this a lot, but we're all guilty of sin. We're all guilty of sin. Punishable by death and an eternity in hell. We owe owe 10,000 talents. But God said, I'll take care of it. You ask forgiveness, the slate has been wiped clean. I have blotted out the blemish. That red crimson I have made white as wool. I think we just need to be reminded. Reminded of what Christ did for us. Reminded of what God has forgiven us of. And I'm going to tell you, He's forgiven me a lot. Some of you, maybe a little. He's forgiven me a lot. We need to remember that and be reminded that there is no offense that we can't forgive that's greater than what our master has forgiven us of. I got a video here I'm going to show you in just a second. If you could cue that up, please. I told you in my quiet time, I just I don't know if I could forgive somebody that's done something horrible like that. I can't do it alone. The only way I know how to do this, in Matthew 19, Jesus is talking to his disciples about the rich young ruler. Do you remember that? And how difficult it would be for him to get into heaven. And he's speaking to his disciples and he says, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. The only way I know how to forgive somebody that has wronged me, hurt me, is with the Lord's help. Asking the Spirit to take over my heart, take the reins, help me with my unforgiveness. It's the only way I know how to do it. And Jesus is saying it's possible with God. You can do it. You can do it. Let me show you this video. It just kind of puts a little picture as to what, you know, to go along with what I've been trying to say. Um, And I thought it was good. So we'll watch that and I'll close up here. Forgiveness is one way that we can absolutely and totally be just like Jesus. Never are you more like Jesus than when you forgive. And I know it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy but it's mandatory. We have to be people of forgiveness. And I can't do it on my own. Maybe you can, but I do know this. Scripture says, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Maybe you're here today and you need to forgive somebody. I'm going to ask that the prayer team come forward. If there's anybody that has anything that you'd like prayers for or need help with or just to talk, pray, I'd like to do that with you after service. Lord, this is a, it's a difficult subject because we do live in a fallen world. There's always going to be offenses 
We're going to cause them. We're going to be the recipient of them. But Lord, we just want to be like you. We want to be people who forgive. Let it go. And not just, not just let it go and not just harbor bitterness and anger. But Lord, help us to exchange those feelings with genuine feelings of love towards that person. With care in our hearts. That we would grieve when they grieve and that we would get joy when we see them in a good place. Lord, you know my heart and you know me. I, I can't do it alone. But I know your word, and I know your word says that you can. With you, all things are possible. And so I ask that you just help me with that. Help us with that so that we better reflect you, that we're attractive to people, and that people want to know who you are and want a relationship with you because they see we are different from the world. Lord, I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed, and if the prayer team would come down, if anybody, if not, I'll, I'll be down too. So have an awesome week.